What's up, my people? Welcome to Fellowship Bible Church's Sermon Spotlight, where we're coming at you each and every week with a fresh weekend to debrief in an effort to send biblical truth. What better way to do that than by the power of conversation? I'm one of your hosts, Caleb Pearson. Uh, joining me in the host spotlight, Miss Alicia Battaglia. Alicia, hi. Hi. I'm back. Hey. I'm back in the middle chair. You are back in the Demoted. middle chair, and I'm back over here, which is a much comfortable, I like more it. comfortable I missed space it. for me. Yeah. It was yeah. fun to be over there, but I, I'm glad I to see this guy there. I the introduction like you, so that's yours your is better. signature. Yeah. It, yours it's, is better than your I am. <laughs> you hear him already. He's with us, uh, Pastor of Discipleship, Tim Sanford. Tim, thank you for being here, buddy. Thank you. I've been looking forward to this time of being here. Take that, Mark. I, yes. He looks forward to it. Well, there's kidding. a reason, at least this time. <laughs> I I was going to bring out an episode that I got involved in. I was coming down Middle Road. This is today? No, this is a few weeks back, and I've waited for this moment. Oh, gosh. Because here I am, ready to come down to church, and this this vehicle (laughs) comes on Jones, stops there, and in the typical Virginia way, that's what we call this, this is the Virginia way, you know, as I'm getting closer, comes out and hits it. Like, there's the Hemi. Right, yeah, yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> so I'm just driving along because I got a Hemi too, you know? So, yeah, like, yeah. here we go. And so lo leave, and behold, did you see. I leave see you in the dust? You. That was you. Oh, my word. Someone pulled right into <laughs> FBC's parking. So, anyway. So, I do have, I do have. The, a lead foot? No. No, I, I have, no, it's not my foot. It's the car. It's the non traditional mom car that, um, yeah. it's the actually. wagon wagon? It is, it is a race car. Uh-huh. So, my old car, my black one, oh, yeah. you know, it got, it got <laughs> rear ended and ended up being totaled. So, we had to get a new car and it's used. But, uh, it comes, could zoom, but it has a it Hemi. Comes, it's a it's a race car, and it also <laughs> has car. a modified exhaust. So it's like 500 horsepower. Yeah. The way he beast. started that story, I was worried it was me. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm like, I'm like, I don't think well, I, I warned her I was going to do it. I don't think I did anything like, dangerous. Forgotten, I, so I'm just going to walk you, right I into that. I remember when you said that, and you didn't tell me what you said. There's something I have on you, some yes. dirt I have on yes. you. But I think I actually left the dirt on you. Oh, no, because I was in the truck. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Uh, Alicia has a lot of miles to cover. She's dropping kids off. She's going to and fro. <laughs> she can't, you know, she's it's, making it's, good time. Look, oh, there's one coming, but I got room. Baby, <laughs> uh, that's awesome, guys. Let's jump into uh, Thanks, uh, Sunday welcome. in review here. Uh, Tim's in the pulpit, will be for the next couple weeks. Uh, we started Acts 19, but Alicia, I'll come your way first, and then Tim, we'll see if you yeah. have anything for us, and yeah. we'll, we'll go sure. from there. Yes, so this is really cool to be continuing the theme of discipleship. We <clears throat> saw what was going on. Can with I Apollos? rudely interrupt you? Yes, super mean. Could you tell he was standing on a wooden stage with no carpet in the F3 stream? No. Nice. No. Very good. Yeah. I didn't know if you guys could tell we, how like different it all looked. No. We I I mean, I wasn't clued into those details. Okay. Um I I spend most of the time looking down anyway because I'm taking notes. <laughs> taking notes. You know yeah, how yeah, I yeah. am. Yeah. So um yeah. I just wanted I to mean, mention that because we had the like construction signs yeah. up yeah. and the part yeah. in our dust right. thing and it was wild. Yeah, we but, didn't have that downstairs. Okay. We well there you go. The F three perk. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. But, Anyway, sorry, go ahead. Anyway, continuing the theme of discipleship, um, and here 
you brought some clarity to baptism and what that looks like. And then um, also talking about the significance of the outward signs. And I loved how you brought in Romans 6. And just like verse 3, do you not know that all of us who've been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized in, into his death. And I love how you emphasized how the Lord teaches us and tells us the truth. So we have an opportunity to function in that truth. And yeah. we saw that it, what happened with Apollos. And then now we see this with these 12 men and just with a little um, instruction of the truth and that um, by the power of the Holy Spirit, we are empowered to um, be ministers with Christ sure. in that way. Right. And there's, it's a, it once again is an identity um, issue. And we have been given this new position in Christ, enabled by the Holy Spirit. Now let's walk in it. We can function. Right. That's, right. that's who we are now. Right. And um, so I think that it's, just, I love how you bring, you are, you're always hitting home of changing our thinking and that, how that affects our actions. Mm, right. And we see this just beautifully unfolding in this passage. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah, still, cool. it's still happening, this confusion or, or misconception of baptism. Like you see the church in Acts has to get a lot of clarity, this Apollos thing, the, the John's baptism versus the Christ yeah. baptism. And even now, I mean, especially in, in my realm of working with teens, it's like they come from so many different backgrounds. Define baptism, or what's your experience with that? Well, yeah. I was baptized as a baby. Like it's crazy that that that's an ongoing, chronic issue and, and something worth discussing. And so I appreciated Romans six as well, because Paul's writing to to believers, and he's not just reminding them, oh yeah, yeah, Jesus died and rose again. Like the tomb is empty. Like they know all that, but he's explaining the powerful implications right. of it. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. w when you place your identity in him, you you demonstrated this vividly in the water baptism thing uh, a little over a week ago. You're participating. You're you're done. The old you has died, yeah. right. and we don't often realize that in the moment of faith when we understand this Jesus guy is real and he died for me. He yes, he died for you. You died with him, and and now it's right. the it's the so now what that gets addressed, and and that is exciting for me as we as we think through Acts from an application standpoint. Like this is it, you get to see the early church wrestle with the so now what? Yeah. What, what, what does it actually do for me? What does that mean? And how do I make sure it's not religiosity, but this new relationship you claim I have? Oh, man, to watch them wrestle through it gets us going and, and yeah. I think may, makes us want to wrestle through it as well. Because the reality is, is that we're going to wrestle through that too, and it's going to yeah. be years worth of wrestle, sure. right? <clears throat> but if you don't know the truth and then build from that, then you're not going to wrestle on that, right? Mm. So we have to understand, that's, that's why to me in part, it was important to walk into some of that stuff. Mm -hmm. Because I have to know, I mean, that's what Paul's saying, do you not know? Right. Well, there's, there's a chance I don't, mm -hmm. right? There's a chance then that that becomes intellectual knowledge for me. Well, I shouldn't say there's a chance, that does become intellectual knowledge for me first. But then it's like, so what does that mean? Well, Paul, there in Romans 6, is actually saying, look, here's what it is. So therefore, that means, for example, you're walking in newness of life. There's the practical reality mm -hmm. of that. Well, we still even have to unpack that in a certain sense of like, what, what does that look like? Well, mm -hmm. the life of Christ being displayed in my mortal body is going to be this walking in newness of life. Well, mm -hmm. what does that look like? I got to start learning more and more about Christ. 
It's going to look like grace. It's going to look like compassion, kindness. Fruits is, of the Spirit. Fruit of the Spirit. Is it going to be corrective? Yes. Is it going to be like there's times you you read about him, you learn about him, and you see this, the qualities of him, and that's what the Spirit of God is. He's not actually trying, let me say this right. It's not like he's trying to get you to do that. He's trying to get you to yield to him so that he can do that. Right. right. Mm -hmm. Total different yeah. perspective. And the, I love how you use the words qualities and characteristics because that so well describes looking like Christ. And that happens through the spirit. Right. So I do have a question. So you ha highlighted um, when you're talking about baptism, baptism with the spirit and mm -hmm. baptism by the spirit. So obviously those are two different prepositions and yes. you went into both, but they, in hearing you explain it, that they are, still seem so very similar. And so mm -hmm. I'm just wondering why you chose to um, go into those two um, prepositions and maybe uh, further explain a little bit more the difference sure. and why you did that. Sure. So some of that is because if you look up that phrase, wherever you look it up, then you want to know what is he referring to in the context of that right there, right? So that becomes a marker for us. Oh, what, what, for example, he's talking about baptism by the Spirit. Wherever that's being used, we're going to see in the context, the Spirit of God is doing something, mm -hmm. right? And then we're going to also learn from that, well, what is he doing? You know, he, the Spirit of God has actually caused me to be identified with Christ. And that's going to, again, be what the context of that is. Versus with, it's going to be more the Spirit of God's effect on me, if you want to say it that way, mm -hmm. right? Like, that's God actually placing the Spirit within me. Mm -hmm. So I've been baptized with the Spirit. But now, what are the ramifications of that. And so I was trying to highlight some of that real mm -hmm. quickly. So is that kind of like, kind of like <clears throat> with the that picture of baptism or or dyeing the garment is like being immersed in and coming out and looking like that Whatever garment. Whatever color, yeah. yeah. that color. Yeah. Is that the kind of, with the width that you're thinking? I mean, isn't there vivid imagery from our baptism service? A couple people were baptized by Mark Carey. Yes. With water. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, right, right. So you can or picture, by their dad. Or, by, or right, right, right. right. Whoever, whoever the person... Whoever's the doing that, that's yeah. the by, right? Yeah. Right. It's the with is the agent or the substance or whatever that new union that we're coming into. into. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, that helps clear So, so, So in a sense, we're baptized with the Spirit of God, right? Mm -hmm. Like... It's, yeah, spiritual, not physical, wet. You're, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So that there, there's something that happens. It's not just a, an intellectual assent to that fact. Mm -hmm. There's real time implications to our life. And one of the things I brought out is so now, like, I, I have the very power that raised Christ from the dead living within, within me. Within right. Me, right? Mm -hmm. right. So I shouldn't be succumbing to thinking that, well, I can't do that. You know, like, oh, well, I this sin that easily besets me, I, I just fail in it all the time. And that's sorry, that's just the way that is. No, I can live victorious over right, that. Right. But we, I can still choose to submit to it right. too, right? We have freedom not to sin. <clears throat> right. And whereas before we were enslaved we to We were enslaved sin, to it. We had no no freedom so in So we've that. been set free, yeah. which is also a, just a beautiful picture of our new position in Christ, our identity yeah. with him, yeah. looking like him and partnering with him and the ministry yeah. that he's empowering us to do. Right. 
for his glory. Right. Which right. is really amazing that we even get invited into exactly. that space with him. So all the way back to you're talking about discipleship, you think about this. So God has given us his word. So he tells us direction, right? He actually tells us, um, uh, you know, like, okay, uh, fathers, don't provoke your children, your new father, right? Like, don't provoke your children to wrath, bring them up in the nurture. There's direction. So he's giving us, so I could be involved in your life by reading the word of God and saying, well, this is what it's saying. So how do I help a dad who's brand new starting when I've got my kids all out of the house, right? So we have the direction from him. <clears throat> then we have the spirit of God who enables us He's the speaker, really. He's the, like, I can mm -hmm. say those things, but the Spirit of God has to be the one to drive the point to your heart, mm -hmm. right? So when you look at these, can I call them ingredients of that? It's like, well, I just am a vessel. Mm -hmm. I'm a vessel that's supposed to be fit for the master's use. And he gives me direction and his spirit does this. And so why would I hesitate? Why would I be fearful to be involved discipling somebody? I realize there's, there's, an engagement that I have to go through, right? Mm -hmm. Like thinking of things and that kind of stuff. But it's there's an element of get out of God's way now, but yeah. but we don't necessarily want to. I mean, even when they that question is asked in Romans six, Paul's like, continue on in sinning. Why would yeah. you even ask that? Yeah. Like you can tell there's this. Yeah. And I think we all fall victim to the okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe in you, Lord. I'm I'm a I'm a believer. I'm a Christian. But what about me? Yeah. What about me still? Because here, here's all my whatever, my, my baggage I'm bringing into my own identity or whatever. And we're, we're losing the totality at which we've been changed. Yeah. And then it, it is for this inside out kind of change. And that's where it can be so detrimental if your theology or your understanding of baptism or discipleship is this conformity, this outside in. I did yeah. the water thing, so now I'm this, or I've been doing this, so now I'm that. Instead yeah. of going, wait, wait, I do all those things because of... Right. who I am in Christ, right. and that, that changes the whole thing. One thing you said, Tim, at the beginning, you were still unpacking the, the positioning of the people, those first couple of verses of Act 19, but you said this just very quickly. You said God works in ways so that He gets the glory, right. yeah. not so that, well, that yeah. we do, because you know, as those people were orchestrated in, in this situation in Acts 19, and, and that just really stuck out to me, because I'm mm -hmm. like, like, it was convicting, because it's like, all the time, dude, I want God to work in ways so that I get just a little bit of it. Right. Right. Yeah. I'm not, Lord, I'm not asking for all yeah. of it. Yeah. Just give me a little bit of that's it. That's right. That, yeah. Like that's our temptation. Yeah. And and we have to, we as believers can, God, please work. Please work in this. But before you know it, we're going to God with a wish list yeah. of, of how he can work. Yeah. Instead yeah. of, okay, God, you work in the way that's going to give you the most glory. Yeah. Ooh, that's, a, that's an entirely different <laughs> prayer. I do. I love, I love that, how you highlighted the preeminence of God because in that same vein, we are, we're so focused on ourselves most of the time <laughs> versus realizing that this is, this is God's story and mm -hmm. he already has it planned out. He is sovereign over every single detail. And we like in this passage, we see this once again unfolding that he's, he has, he is preeminent in his planning. And we go back to Acts 1-8 and, and you highlighted these the four different groups of people who've received the spirit. And we see that this has come full circle that mm -hmm. his witnesses in Jerusalem, all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth, God right. is being faithful. He is preeminent mm -hmm. for the triumph of the gospel. Right. And so it's, it's, 
so cool when we take our eyes off of ourselves and look at him to see he's faithful. He is yeah. going to do this. He is in all the details. And, and there's no um, relationship uh, that is happening in your world that's happening by accident. Mm -hmm. So true. Okay. So, so we're talking about in Ephesus, right? And um, interesting that you're saying that. So in his letter to these people, he says, uh, let me see if I can find it real quickly here. Uh, Are you in Ephesians? I'm in Ephesians. He says, having made known, this is one chapter one, verse nine, having made known to us the mystery of his will, according to the good pleasure, which he purposed in himself. And here's this mystery of his will. What's his will? That in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one, all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth in him. Mm -hmm. So he actually is writing to the very people that we're talking about in here and saying exactly what you said of like he, that verse is telling us that God has been all along bringing the whole of, um, of human history and still more to come, right? Like bringing all of that together so that in all things, he might have the preeminence. All of this is merging into at the end of the day, he is going to get the glory for mm -hmm. all of that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So no wonder what we're seeing in Acts is consistent with that because that's his long-term goal, right? Yeah, so yeah. Acts is going to record things that they're going to fit into that stuff. Right. And then it's so cool because Paul gets to experience um, uh the kindness of the Lord, because in 18, when he tells the people in Ephesus, he's like, I will return to you if God wills. He yeah. has a heart for these people yes. in Ephesus. And here we get to see he's he goes back to yeah. them and he's yeah. going to get to really invest in them. And crazy things are going to get ready to happen mm -hmm. here right. that will be, I guess, next week right. and the following. Right. But but it's just like how kind of the Lord to do that for Paul. So he wanted to go back to them, but he realized he was subjected to the Lord's will. And God was, yes, it is my will that yeah, you get exactly. to go back and fellowship with these and people. And thank God it was, right? right. Because, because we have the whole letter of Ephesians that tells us so much that's true about us. That right, right. It's mind-boggling yeah. stuff. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. And if they needed it, we, we certainly do as well. Right. Which, by the way, again, comes back to your thing of like, our human logic would be, well, assign so-and-so to this job. Mm -hmm. But but Paul is assigned to the job in part because he's going to connect with these people and then write a letter to them. God knows all of this in advance. Mm. So as much as we know this, we often get ourselves in a position of like, why God? As if he has to prove it out to us instead of more and more getting to the place of, you know what, Lord, I don't know why, but I'm so glad you do. And I really, if you want to show me, I, I, I'm interested. I want to know mm -hmm. that, but, mm -hmm. but you don't have to. And I can find my heart at rest. If I'm getting kicked out of Italy and I'm going to Corinth and I'm trying to set up shop there only to move again to Ephesus and go, what in the world is going on with this? I actually have the privilege to rest in the Lord with that mm -hmm. and trust him. And whether he ever shows me or not, knowing with confidence that he's using us. And that it comes back to this whole thing of discipleship. Mm -hmm. Sometimes he will give you the attaboy. Hey, mm -hmm. you know, a little pat on the back sure. just to remind you. You're going where I want you to go. Yeah, Keep it's not in vain, that, right? stuff like right. that. Right. Yeah, and, and mm -hmm. exercising faith is knowing 
that he is working, not yes. not always how That's he's working. Right. We, we we live that way. Oh, yes. uh, oh, I have I have excellent faith in the Lord. I've seen him. I'm seeing him do this. That, well, it doesn't take faith. It takes vision. If yeah, if you're seeing right. something right in front of you, but right. man, it's to know who he is, know what he's been in the business of doing. He he will never act <laughs> in opposite of that which is his character. Yeah, and we have all this proof of oh, so that's the kind of God he is, and he never changes. So I can expect him to work in this way. That's right. And and that's been the fun part about the descriptive study of Acts is you can picture maybe seasons or moments of life where it's like that seems like it was conflict. That seems like it was difficult. Somebody almost died there. This that and the other. Mm-hmm. You can look at your own life and go. But we're reading it, and we're blazing through it pretty quickly. Yeah. Well, for that person, they wish they could have read through it really quickly. Right. Yeah. They they wish they were a boring name we could take for granted Right. in a devotional study. But now you think, well, where where does the Lord have me in my walk with him, mm-hmm. knowing that it will all produce good, and, and, and just waiting on the right. Lord to do that? Ugh, right. it just makes yeah. all the difference. Yeah. Okay, so switching gears. <clears throat> So, so I was going to say the, her eyes are only halfway down her page of notes. So <laughs> there's got to well, be more. So, so in in the in in this time of history where we're at mm-hmm. right now in Acts, we're we're at this hinge point in in church history of coming out of the old covenant, entering into the new covenant, and the church age. And um, one of the ways that it, we see these displays of the spirit are this baptism of spirit and this the outpouring through tongues and prophecy and um, miracles and all of these things, which are extraordinary and purposeful for this time. And I love how you brought out the first Corinthians 14 to just clear up that muddy water Mm -hmm. of why this is happening. It's so to show the Jews, like this is a sign, this is a witness of the spirit of God at work. And so that just was a a good light bulb moment. Um, I know for me, um, but I was talking with a friend and so he had a couple of questions. So I am re- I said, I will ask All him right. these questions. So, um, in regards to the speaking in tongues part, which was happening here at the end of our, um, section, um, I, I thought you said that you did speak in tongues. He said he thought you said you didn't. So I, I couldn't understand what you said and I yeah. didn't go like hear wait, it when yeah. I went back and oh. listen. Wait, when? So <laughs> During, well, I'm in F3, so it would have been the nine o'clock and he was at the nine o'clock service. So, Uh so number one, did you say you speak in tongues or do you not speak in tongues? Uh, I don't. Okay, you don't. So what happened was I, I, someone else said this to me. So I was just making an illustration like that. And I said, oh, and by the way, um, that wasn't speaking in tongues. That was just babble. Okay. And (laughs) (laughs) so it was like, it came across to some people different. Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. So then, then (laughs) the next question was, so, um, in regards to speaking in tongues is, um, that because you have been given the gift or not, or, um, because it is for this time or no longer for this time. Okay, that's a so question for you're asking yeah. now. Oh, that's a little. How much question. time do we have yeah. here? <laughs> if in thirty seconds, or, no, I'm kidding. So, so, so can you can you clarify that question a little bit? Are you asking so if guess, tongues is still a yes. recurring? So, so gift? there there are people who speak in tongues. There are people who do not speak yeah. in tongues. Uh-huh. And so maybe can you just give a little shed a little light onto sure. what that looks like? Sure. And I know that we could probably go to First Corinthians twelve. Yeah, we could. Yeah, and, it, and obviously it's going to generate some. 
uh, debate, let's mm -hmm. say it, right? Like godly debate, which is fine. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, 1 Corinthians does talk about um, that tongues will cease, right? I don't know if you're familiar with that passage, but it says um, whether there be prophecies, tongues, and there was a third one. I just can't remember. Cessationist healing. Uh, yeah. Anyways, it says in, in tongues, they will cease. So we know from that, that there is going to be a time when that stops, right? The question is, is when and he says, when that, which is perfect is come, then that, which is in part will be done away. So again, there's some level of, of, um, uh, answer to that, but what is perfect? What is that, which is perfect has come. And that's where really, I think a lot of it hinges on. I personally feel like tongues are not for today. And I believe it's because that in Corinthians is telling us that it was a sign. It's a, it, it's a, it's to demonstrate to the skeptical Jew, Jew. that this is of God. Um, we now have a completed word of God. And so there's, it, it's, it's, we have this more sure word, Peter says, right? Like this is what we have before us. And we have the opportunity to be, as an unbeliever, to be led by the Spirit of God to believe what it's saying. And of course, certainly as a believer. So um, I feel like that those signs, those uh, authenticators of a message are no longer needed because the message is completed. So I see that as having ended. There are people who don't agree with that. Mm -hmm. And they would see tongues as a modern day thing. Mm -hmm. And I say, okay, if we go down that trail, then you have to follow after what was mm -hmm. admonished to the early church as to how that happened. Right. And what's more, you have to, uh, those expressions have to be consistent with how the word of God used them. So if you go to Acts chapter two, what you find is a bunch of non-believing Jews hearing believing Jews speak and they say, well, how is it that we're hearing them mm -hmm. in our own language? Mm -hmm. So this is this wasn't just an ecstatic language. This right. was real language that they were speaking and there was a confusion because they shouldn't be speaking our language, but they are, and I can hear that. And understand it. So and I say, okay, if that's true, then what is what is happening today if, in if Christian it, circles? If people are using it today, how are they using it? And how, that's yes. that's why the misnomer is there and, and why even the it's a loaded question, not just because it's theological, but because what what do tongues mean to you? Because there are a lot of people that see it as this me focus worship hullabaloo of I'm I'm now connecting with God more because I'm making these noises or sounds or speaking in these tongues but they were it was an evangelistic tool in this age this this speaking of tongues it, it wasn't about uh, in my circles it's often come up in a worship experience of I, I heard her in church speaking in tongues she must have been connected with the Lord but that wasn't even the original right. purpose of the right. tongues was for you to have a deeper relationship with yeah. the Lord so it's yeah. And so again, if I'm if I'm wrong in my belief there about that, and it is actually occurring today, then I say, well, it has to occur consistently with the scripture mm -hmm. too. Then, and Absolutely. that creates yeah. another whole yep. set of circumstances yeah. that mm -hmm. you can wrestle with, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I don't know what you guys. I I was living in Canada at the time when uh, down in Tr they called it the Toronto Blessing, mm -hmm. and um, they got into what was being described as holy roaring, holy laughter, 
There was a number of things. I think there was even barking. If I remember. There were a number of mm-hmm. manifestations. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember looking at that thinking, okay, so help me to understand anywhere in scripture where that kind of thing is being described. Mm-hmm. Why is it that we're coming to this conclusion that that is all of God and that's an expression of God? Um, and so I'm, I'm not saying that in regards to tongues with that as much as it is. it shows there's a propensity on our part. And you can actually, by the way, see this in multiple religions, mm-hmm. that there's a propensity within religiosity to have those kinds of expressions. So if tongues are for today, we want to be careful about that and that they're consistent with the Word of God, lest we get into that, mm-hmm. so to speak, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So I don't know if that's answering yeah. what your well, friend no, is asking. I, yeah, but. that I mean that that'll be helpful, I'm sure, to sure. Lo- lots of people listening. But I think for the purpose of our study in Acts, the the demonstrations of the Spirit in these um, extraordinary ways are for the purpose of um, just evangelism. Like this, this the church is begun. Yeah. The spirit of God is here. Yeah. And, and this watch is out. <laughs> this is so you can see and believe yeah. there is power here. And right. and so it's it is really um even though we're not seeing this on a regular basis, it, what's happening in Acts, the same spirit of God is alive and active right. in every one of us still today. That's correct as it was 2000 years ago, maybe not doing the exact same things, but the same spirit has not changed and the same spirit indwells us who believe and have put our faith in Jesus. And and I think that that's the most important thing is just realizing, you know what, we are, we have the immense privilege, not only to be called children of God, but to walk with God Mm -hmm in God, united with him. Like if you just spend a hot second thinking of what the union of Christ is, being united to Christ, that just is mind blowing. It's amazing Mm -hmm. to see this. This is what we have been given. Um, It's just, it's, it's almost too good to be true, but it's, it is true. <laughs> and, and two quick things to add to that. One, he alluded to this in the pulpit this weekend. We will be revisiting Acts a little bit later yeah. in the fall with some of these heavier hitting yeah. hard yeah. questions. Yeah. It's easy to kind of glean over it now, but there will be opportunities to come back to it. Not just that one, but others as well. Yeah. Um, the second thing is you look at the way Luke writes this book. He always spends more time on the message and the teaching than he does recounting the miracles. So you, and, and so the, the temptation is, man, why wouldn't he spend more time detailing what that must have been like? Mm-hmm. Well, one reason is because the message matters more mm-hmm. than the miracles. That's right. right. Luke is going to state, I mean, it's it's very quick in one mm-hmm. verse, but boom, raised from the dead. But And then yeah. he moves on. You're like, yeah. wait, what? Because yeah. in our minds, yeah. we want to know what that's like. But Luke, is the Holy Spirit and Luke, right, are the message matters more <laughs> than the miracles mm-hmm. for us. Mm-hmm. And so I, th- I think that carries on when we look at biblical yeah. dependency over emotional dependency. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, It also seems like, I mean, we'll get into this here in this next time, right? That I mentioned this unusual miracles, that phrase. So and it's mm-hmm. not just one, Paul didn't do it. And then now his fame is spreading. It's that he was consistently, it was an ongoing thing Right, And it seems like, I'm not saying for sure, but it seems like when you read that and then again you go back to the book of Acts, or I mean to the book of Ephesians, there's there's this this, um, 
uh, partnering together between the two of them where it seems like there's issue there in that region with that. I mean, we'll see in this where they are going to burn some of the, it's called books in our version, uh, like it's not really what we have as a book per se, right, but it's, right. you know, the, their, their little writings, their yeah, they're going to throw into the fire right. and burn up. Well, it just is telling us that these believers did that. Mm -hmm. So there's a presumption that the unbelievers within Ephesus also had those things, and that was the part of their culture. So it permeated, and they're showing this is how much money that was worth just of the, so those mm. of the full city who in the world had all of this kind of stuff. Well, it it, it portrays this propensity for all of that kind of stuff. And here is God going right after it and saying, look, I'm going to knock those idols right down on their face and show you I'm the true God, the one and only, not one that fell from heaven. Mm -hmm. Like that's what Artemis or Diana, right? right. That's, fell from heaven. Are you kidding me? So who picked her up and <laughs> set her on her throne and now worships her? How ridiculous is this when the God of all the universe who created it all never falls down, mm -hmm. never stumbles, mm -hmm. never has to be picked up. We're going to actually, I don't want to steal too much thunder, but <laughs> we're going to see some pictures of, was it your mother or your mother-in-law went over there? I think she sent me some pictures of um, the ruins oh, wow. of mm -hmm. this temple. And you know what? They're ruins. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. But the temple of the living God stands to this day and yeah. nothing will tear that down. It'll never be in ruins. Mm -hmm. You talk about a, a display of power over another. This is chump change, really. It's and it it's continuing it's to expand to the ends of yes. the earth. Yes, and yes, yes. So. It's exciting. Yeah. Yes. Because in the expansion to the ends of the earth, he's bringing it all together that in all things he might have the preeminence. Yep. Mm. Brilliant come God. full circle. Come. Tim, you got back-to-back-to-back -to -back -to -back podcasts coming your way. Okay. In addition to sermons. I'll try buddy. to remember. <laughs> <laughs> we'll remind you. Alicia, thank you for being here. Oh, yes. you're welcome. You're awesome. Your thank notes and you. questions are better than yeah. mine could ever be. And uh, easy on the throttle. <laughs> As a reminder, I, I can't help it. To our viewers and listeners, you can find us all over the place. Just type in Sermon Spotlight on your favorite podcast platforms. We pop right up. Uh, all the other information you could possibly want and more can be found at fbcva.org. The fact of the matter, everybody's at sermons are not meant to just take an hour, but rather transform a lifetime. Till next week, much love. God bless.